0: To Freshly Forever, a podcast that gives you fascinating insights week after week. Here's your host, Vai Kumar. Hey folks, welcome to another episode on Podcast Freshly Forever. Today we have Dr. Jane Morgan. Hello, Dr. Morgan.
1: Hi, how are you today?
0: Good. Welcome back on the show one more time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this time we are going to be talking about... Pilates. And as much as Dr. Morgan is an expert cardiologist and she is spearheading uh, the COVID task force at Piedmont uh, Hospital here in Atlanta, and she's also an expert who is featured on so many different panels um, with regards to COVID-19 and combating COVID-19, uh, she is equally an expert, a sought-after expert in the area of Pilates. So, Dr. Morgan, what exactly is Pilates, and what areas of the body does it focus on?
1: Yeah, hi. I'm so happy to join your listeners today. Uh-huh.
0: So, so I have been, you know,
1: how do I even start? I was introduced to Pilates. Maybe I'll start there. Uh-huh. This story. I uh, was in my neighborhood. This was maybe 20 years ago, maybe 18 or 20 years ago. And uh, I was standing at the bus stop with one of my neighbors. My kids were really little. Mm -hmm. And it was summertime because we're in Georgia and schools start very early. And my neighbor, who is older than I am by like six or seven years, was, was wearing these cute shorts. And I was wearing long pants because I just felt like my legs didn't look good anymore. And I had already said to myself... Well, I guess this is what it's like to get older. You get to a point where you just can't wear uh, shorts in the summer anymore. Uh And then here I am at the bus stop, you know, and I was just accepting it as this is getting older. My legs don't, don't look good enough to be in shorts. And I get to the bus stop, you know, and my, my neighbor's wearing these shorts and and her name is Gina. And I said, Gina, oh my God, your legs look great. And as I said, she was older than I am. And I'm already, I've already given up and Uh said, that's it. I'm shorts are over for me. Um, and she said, oh, you know, I said, what do you do? How do you, how do you keep yourself, you know, so toned? And she said, oh, I do Pilates. And I had heard of Pilates, but I'd never done it. And so I asked her about it. And so she invited me to her classes. And that's how it it, got, it really got started because I couldn't wear shorts anymore. And I wanted <laughs> To still wear shorts, and she seemed to
0: have the solution. Hey, Dr. M., uh, you know, we all need inspiration in some form. And there you go, I (laughs) guess, you know, wearing shorts in the summertime. So as a method of exercise, how would you categorize it? Uh, Is it like low-impact flexibility, what kind Mm of... uh, Exercises it.
1: Right. And I know exactly, you know, where you're headed with that. And so what, w- you know, what I was going to say to answer even, you know, even the earlier question, Pilates incorporates um, you know, all of your body in the movement and it really focuses on the core mm-hmm. and that everything emanates from the core. So if it's sort of like the foundation of a house, or the foundation really of anything, if your foundation isn't strong. The rest that's built around it is unstable. And so um, Pilates focuses on your core. And then from there, when we say your core, we mean, you know, your abs and your rib cage. So that entire torso that needs to be tight and contracted. um, And from there, you receive your power Mm -hmm. to move the rest of your body, your legs, your arms, your back. So we focus a lot on core. Um, and it uses, we use our own body as weights. We don't really use weights. We use different movements to provide the resistance um, that we need. It's also very healthy for you. You know, I uh, injured my hip recently, my leg actually. Oh, no. um, and then of course, you know, as a doctor, I didn't get anything done about it, right? Because I'm a doctor, we don't ever <laughs> see doctors. And so then it got worse and it, and it was bothering my hip. So I ended up in physical therapy. Never been in physical therapy before, but went to physical therapy, and all the movements that they were doing were really just Pilates. Mm -hmm. And I said to them, "I was like, oh my gosh, I come here for Pilates class." And so, actually, um, I just began to rehab myself, and and I thought to myself, "This is the second time that I've rehabbed myself because I've had I had an injury a few years ago, and again through Pilates, I was able to really get back and be strong." And so, when you think about Pilates, Think about how your body is developing, lengthening of the muscles, strengthening of the muscles and flexibility. These are long, lean muscles. If you look at me, I'm not short and contracted mm-hmm. and bulky and muscular. All of the muscles are stretched and long so we can be our 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 best height our tallest height mm-hmm. our longest limbs our longest legs long lean toned muscles not bulky shapely not bulky and so that's those are the results and the other thing i think that you think about is just kind of the mental the mental of it it's um it's probably a little bit more dynamic than yoga mm-hmm. You are moving a bit more than yoga, but it does require, you know, mental focus and mental concentration. And last thing I'll say before I shut up is I'll say, you know, you asked about, you know, what is the impact? You know, there are different levels of impact of Pilates. You can have low impact, middle impact, and high impact. And Mm -hmm. it just depends on how you're moving, how many repetitions you're doing, that type of thing. And so, you know, there are things like power Pilates, you know, there's reformation, there's balanced body, there are all kinds of things. So you can find a prescription for you, low impact, medium impact, high impact, whatever works for you with regard to, you know, where you are in your journey.
0: Okay. So as far as, um, say, you said low impact, medium impact, or high impact, then does it mean one can challenge themselves to the extent that they want, say, like folks like me who probably want to do it as like a routine exercise regimen can pick a certain pattern. Whereas, say, my daughter, who's an athlete, um, she's a full-time tennis player. And so she needs probably a little more of a challenge so she can then do something different. Is that right? So actually both of you can be in the same class together. Mm-hmm. And um, what
1: happens is it's either the number of repetitions, you might do five, she might do 15, or um, it would be how quickly we're moving from one movement to the next. Mm-hmm. It also could be every movement has different levels of the movements. You can start at a basic level and go to an intermediate level and it. So we can do different levels. And I often teach when I'm teaching, because I teach to everybody, I'll start out with one level and then I'll say, we're going to the second level. Here's how the second level will be done. If you're not ready for the second level, do another set Mm -hmm. at level one, and then we'll do level two. And then I'll say, okay, for those who are ready, here's what the third level looks like. And we'll move. If you're not ready for the third level, do another set on the second level or do another on the first. So everybody can... um, You can customize, you know, what you're doing. The reason that I do it that way is because all of my classes are virtual. Mm -hmm. And because I'm not there in the classroom with you to actually see what you're doing, it's really important for me to give visual and verbal uh, cues that are very specific and very accurate such that people can follow them. Mm -hmm. And I have to teach to all levels because I'm never sure what's out there. And I want to make sure everybody is getting a good workout. So no, you and your daughter can absolutely come to the exact same class Mm -hmm. and and get a workout.
0: Yes. Okay, perfect. And what about you compared it to yoga? And you said, this is a little bit more dynamic than yoga. Uh, So is this like an aerobic form of exercise? What, what would you categorize it as? And I guess, um, say if it also involves movement Uh, can someone do it on like a mat or would the advanced levels mean going to machinery of some sort?
1: Oh, yes. That's such a good question. So, you know, every piece of equipment, including the mat, we we consider the mat a piece of equipment, has its own level. So if I say advanced, I just mean advanced for what you're doing. So for instance, virtually I teach mat and so I mean advanced for the mat, but if you're going to a studio or maybe you have a piece of equipment at home and you're on the reformer, it could mean more advanced movements for you on that piece of equipment, the mm-hmm. tower, here, the reformer, the Cadillac, whatever you're using, the art. Um, and so everything has its own specific nuance. I like the mat because I think people try to go straight to the equipment because it's sexy and it looks fun. They think they're going to get great results and Mm -hmm. they will. But oftentimes what I see is that people perform on the equipment with bad form because they haven't learned the basics,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: controlling their body and form on the mat. The mat gives you the foundation from which everything else in Pilates emanates. That's where Joseph Pilates started it on the mat and then developed this this other equipment. Mm -hmm. So how do you hold your core? How do you breathe? How do you count? How do you stay in forward flexion? How do you move into modifications if you're starting to get tired Mm -hmm. and still keep your body safe? All those types of things are foundational aspects of the mat Pilates. So I think mat is key. I suggest anyone who's starting Pilates, people like to go right to the equipment. I know, and you go to these big Pilates studios and and these big, um, you know, athletic facilities and they have all these reformers lined up. And of course, they spent tons of money on them. So they want you to use them so they Mm -hmm. can charge. And I think that they are great. But I also think that you should not skip some mat so that you really learn with no equipment around you how to control your body and what your body feels like as you're controlling it and moving it and learning the movements. Many of the movements are small movements, small movements, big changes. They're very small, which means you have to have correct form
0: mm-hmm. in
1: order to get the results out of them. And so it's also, it's very, very, very important.
0: Okay. And right there, you're you are learning to use your own body weight, where Whereas, you know, like the other machines or other equipment, you know, probably say like, you know, even the other forms of strength training, you know, you're kind of lifting heavy weights. Whereas here you are trying to use your own body weight. Is that like a fair assessment? Right. You're using your own body weight as resistance. And as you move into the
1: equipment, the equipment will have bands and springs and things that will create um, additional resistance for you. So the mat, you are using your own body. It's, it's as a resistance training. You asked me, you know, what is it like? Is it like yoga? It's a little bit more dynamic than yoga. When I say more dynamic than yoga, yoga uh, pauses and holds positions mm-hmm. for periods of time. Whereas Pilates doesn't necessarily hold the positions, but we repeat the positions again and again and again. So there's this reputation, re- repetition as opposed to um yoga will hold many poses um and pilates will have you moving through the poses again and again and in that way it um is a bridge i often think to- towards ballet as well mm-hmm. so sort of a bridge between yoga and ballet where you are using the right positioning and the body positioning but you are also in movement at the same time,
0: mm-hmm. so sounds like it's a you know it's achieving flexibility and it's kind of more gentler than any of the other rigorous like aerobic type of activity, right? So, what health benefits do you think one can uh, hope to achieve doing Pilates? Say, even in your own case, you said you were you injured your hip, but what? In general, can people hope to achieve with Pilates?
1: Right, and I injured my hip—not in Pilates. I injured actually—I injured my leg hiking, mm-hmm. and then I didn't—I uh, didn't seek medical help. I shouldn't—I shouldn't tell you guys that, but I didn't. <laughs> and so then, of course, it got worse, and then uh, my hip on the opposite side was affected because I was counterbalancing. Mm -hmm. And so it's like anything, if, you know, a stitch in time saves nine, if you don't take care of it, it's going to, you know, you're
0: compensating,
1: you're compensating. So, but Pilates, you know, was really the key to rehabilitating um, myself. And so it, it is gentler, but it is strenuous. Um, And so you, you probably shouldn't come to Pilates and think, oh my gosh, I'm just kind of going to lie on the floor and sip, sip a little water um, but because, no, we do try to get you to work and understand the mechanics of your body and the beauty of your body. And that requires effort. It requires strength and you want to have strength training and you want to end up being stronger, longer and more flexible. And We focus on all three of those things, mm-hmm. um, Pilates. And so Oftentimes, it's not so much that it's easy. I I don't think people come to Pilates and walk away saying, wow, that was easy. I think most people walk away saying, wow, that was more challenging than I thought, which lets me know that they actually focused on it and tried to do. And people walk away and say, oh, that was pretty easy. Unless they're really you know, excellent athletes, that lets me know that they really weren't paying attention. Mm -hmm. They were kind of around doing whatever they wanted. Um, because even though our movements may look small, it requires effort to, to focus on the breathing, to focus on your core, to focus on your forward flexion. Your muscles are fatiguing to be able to work through that. Um, but I think it's it's a beautiful movement. It's a beautiful uh, discipline um, for your body. Um, I think it's a beautiful discipline for your mind. It's a way to release and not so much like um, maybe yoga, um, but a mental in a different way where you must focus on getting your form right. And and it requires your mental focus to hold your body into positions and to um, and make certain that you're safe. OK. And to efforts. OK. And, I, you know, it's kind of like anything after exercise, even Pilates once you're done with it you feel better those endorphins are are flowing um oftentimes i I suggest to people hey go for a walk or soak in the bathtub you you feel your body feels better Mm -hmm. after having done it Mm -hmm. and that's as well
0: okay and so as i hear it's core strength stability improves your posture balance obviously you know giving flexibility in a moment with our guest on fresh leaf Forever. Who can do it and who should not be doing it? Say for people with back pain, um, older folks, pregnant women, are there any do's and don'ts as to who can do it and who can't?
1: Yeah. So first of all, everybody can do it. And then there are modifications for people, for instance, with neck injuries, neck pain. So there's certain movements that we probably would not do. Um, If you have injury to your neck or to your back, Um, pregnant women as well, we don't want you on your, on your back for long periods of time as we're doing some of our movements. So we'll make sure you're up and moving around, but um, in general, there really isn't anyone who can't do it regardless of your body type or whatever limitations you have. This, This is your personal journey. So you're not comparing yourself to anyone else you are working to the top of your ability and what is your range of motion? And are you getting better compared to yourself last month, not compared to Abby Mm -hmm. or someone else compared to yourself? This is your personal journey. Okay. You know, we also want to focus on the cardiovascular benefits, you know, all the benefits to your health of focusing on your body, um, slowing yourself down while at the same time speeding yourself up, if, if, if that makes any sense. So you are slowing yourself down to take a moment to focus on yourself, but at the same time, increasing your metabolism, increasing uh, your adrenaline, increasing your uh, endorphins um, and burning calories as well. Mm-hmm. So we always want to think about that whole cardiovascular, as a cardiologist at cardiovascular um, benefit mm-hmm. that you get. So it's not only the physical beauty, and it's also not the um, the comfort of, of continuing to get older and having range of motion and flexibility um, and stretching and strength um, as you move through life, but it's also those cardiovascular benefits as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Would it help someone say with osteopenia or osteoporosis to kind of, you know, feel better and get themselves stronger as well? Yeah, absolutely. You know, those types of patients really
1: benefit uh, from Pilates because they need that type of resistance to keep their bone mass and bone strength. hmm better than uh, using weights. Um, and, and I always think it's better than machines. The reason I say that, and I love the reformer. I, you know, the, the reformers give you a different type of workout and I think that they're excellent. The reason I always say Matt is better, because you don't need any equipment,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: can be at home. You're not trying to get to the gym, and it's raining or it's cold, or you're 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 trying to pick up your kids. You can do it anywhere you like. Um, you don't need other people. You don't need a membership. It's kind of like walking in the park. You can just do it. And so, I really, really love the mat, especially now that we're in this COVID because you don't have to go anywhere to do it. Mm
0: -hmm. So it's like ideal for beginners, ideal for anyone, uh, say even for people with like established fitness routines. Is that right?
1: Oh my gosh, this, this integrates so well into people. Certainly if they have high level, big athletes, big fitness routines. In fact, we're seeing it more and more in, in uh, professional athletes, especially men mm-hmm. in football and basketball and soccer. They're incorporating Pilates now into their routines because they are understanding the benefit of having that length, having that, um, they have a lot of strength, but not necessarily core strength. They have a lot of brute, what I call brute strength, mm-hmm. right? They're muscular. Um, Um, And having that flexibility and making certain because that flexibility ultimately is what prevents a lot of injuries. Mm -hmm. Are you able to, you know, sustain the impact, meaning can your body bend and come back? Can it twist and come back? Pilates helps with a lot of that increasing your flexibility certainly of your spine as well
0: Mm -hmm. so it can be used safely in conjunction with any other exercise routine
1: absolutely integrates not only safely i think it's a great adjunct to all sports tennis everything swimming pilates is a great adjunct i can't think of anything where pilates would not support anything that you're trying to achieve
0: okay we talked about integration what about can this solely be someone's exercise program?
1: It can be. It's solely my exercise program. Well, I guess in some ways it's not true because I'm a big hiker. I walk and I hike. Mm-hmm. Um, but Pilates is the core of what I do, um, and I do it at least three times a week because I teach three times a week. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that I have I teach online Pilates with Dr. Jane, and it's D R Jane J A Y N E. Um, and you can, uh, you, I guess you can ping Vi if you want to, but I'm also, on, you can go to my page on Instagram. Uh, you can send me a message or sign up, whatever you want. Um, and I have classes three times a week, Tuesday evenings at six o'clock. Uh, this is Eastern Standard Time, Friday mornings at 9.15 and Saturdays at two. And I teach a children's class on Saturdays at 1.15 as well. For 30 minutes, we do children's Pilates. It's my kid's zone. And it's never too early to get your kids moving and thinking about um, all different types of exercises. Certainly now, if your kids tend to be more in the house Mm -hmm. than they used to because of COVID, let them come to my Pilates class. Have 30 minutes of Pilates. Bring your friends. Uh, We have a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I was actually going to ask you, you know, what about children? How early can they begin? And so it seems like is there like a certain age that you would like for them to begin?
1: So I would say children can begin as early as they can uh, take instruction. Mm -hmm. And that's different for, you know, sometimes a two-year-old can take instruction. Sometimes you have a seven-year-old who still can't take any instruction. So it just depends. But I don't exclude anyone. But I would say I've had kids in my class, you know, which is funny. I, I do. It's all virtual. I had a kid in my class and the class started and she rolled herself up in the mat. And just stayed there like a cocoon for the whole thirty minutes. <laughs> class was over. She unrolled herself and left, and that was it. That's what she did for the class. And the next time that she came, I asked her. I said, "So, are you rolling yourself up in the mat?" She's like, "Oh, I never rolled myself up in the mat." And I said, "Well, the last class, you rolled yourself up in the mat. This time, I would like the mat to be out. She's uh, the mat to be flat." She said, "No, I." I wasn't rolled up in the mat. I was a sleeping turtle. (laughs) So, yeah. So that was what she was doing. She's like, I wasn't rolled up in the mat. I was the sleeping turtle. (laughs) Um, So, you know, you've got to be able to meet children where they are and think about what they're doing. So um, sometimes, you know, we have kids that are, you know, following along. Um, I can look up and I can see kids jumping off the sofas and doing something. So, It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think it's still a great 30 minutes for kids to kind of release the energy. Even the ones who I look up, they're not on the mat. They're sort of doing a handspring off the sofa. They're releasing that energy. We're all so clustered, cloistered inside. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's 30 minutes where um, I teach Pilates for kids. We have a good time. We enjoy it. But if you have a kid that you know is probably either going to roll themselves up like a turtle or jump off the sofa, they're still welcome to come as well. Because without them realizing it, they're still learning something. They're incorporating something. Something is getting in there. So bring them in and let them release some of that energy. However they need to release it, every kid is different.
0: What about diet, nutrition, and lifestyle uh, changes? Is anything required or um, how best can someone achieve results uh, by putting it all together? Yeah. So,
1: you know, there are no dietary restrictions. You you know, manage your diet as you like. I certainly give a lot of tips if people are interested, but I don't force it on anyone. I also think that uh, Pilates is best when integrated with some type of aerobic activity. Pilates is not necessarily aerobic. Um, and so if you are a biker, or in my case, I'm I'm a hiker, but it's best when integrated with something else. Mm-hmm. Playing- sore something that's a little bit more aerobic
0: brisk walking right just walking
1: i just walk i'm a walker and a hiker i just walk so something that's a little bit more aerobic i think that is the best combination of doing pilates and then doing something where you're where you're actually utilizing what you've learned in pilates to get your body moving
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you can do it in uh hopefully in a more fluid way
0: okay Wonderful. So it seems like um, it's a great program for anyone and everyone to get started with. And uh, all your certifications in Pilates, there's 17 or more. So it started with, you know, wanting to wear shorts, but then has (laughs) taken you as far as those certifications. So what was that motivation in every step? So, you know,
1: I... um... I, I did not teach, I didn't start Pilates to teach it. Obviously, I just wanted to wear some shorts. It was as simple as that. Like, I, I, I live in Georgia. It was hot. Um, I wasn't wearing shorts anymore because my legs didn't look good. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was over for me. And I found a way to keep wearing shorts. It was as simple as that. Um, after that, I really started to get more interested in it and started getting certifications as a hobby. Obviously, I was a physician. This wasn't my job. It was just something that I did. And so I would go uh, and do teaching certifications um, on different equipment. Um, and then after I finished, after a while, I finished all of the certifications. So then I went to a different school
0: mm-hmm.
1: out on the West Coast and did another entire series of of certifications. Um, again, not teaching. I'm just doing it for my own knowledge. I just like it. When you go to the teaching certifications, you learn so much more than you learn in the class mm-hmm. as, a, as a student. So I was... You know, So there I was all the time hanging out with Pilates teachers, but I wasn't a teacher. I was just doing it for the fun of it. I wanted to learn more about it. So I went to all the teaching certifications. Next thing I knew, and not next thing, it was over a long period of time. So I wasn't you know, aggressively doing this. But from time to time, I would take, take teaching certifications. But probably over the course of 10 years, I ended up with 17 certifications. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people who teach Pilates only have one or two. So that I'll give you that for your for your Pilates instructors, they mostly have only one or two teaching certifications and then they're teaching. Almost nobody has 17 certifications. <laughs> Literally, I was just doing this for the enjoyment. Oh, sure, it. sure. I, I didn't teach, I didn't do anything. I just liked it and I wanted to learn more about it. And I started to become increasingly more involved. Um, and then of course you meet all the teachers and they, you know, they get to know you. They see how you move. They see how you teach because you work with them in these teaching certifications. And from time to time, someone would call me and ask if I would come and teach their class. And initially, I would turn it down. I would say, "Hey guys, you know, I just do this for fun, but I'm a doctor. I'm not, I'm not, a, you know, really a teacher." They're like, "Yeah, but you are. You're certified." So after a while, I would go from time to time just to teach their class. Um, and that's really how I got into teaching. That the teachers that I used to hang out with started to call me to cover for them if they were sick or on vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so I, I began to teach. Um, and so it's all been very, very, very organic. Talk about backing into something. I just, you know, just wanted to wear some shorts. And it seemed like this thing called Pilates would let me wear shorts. hmm Um, And here we are almost 20 years later, you know, and I have my own Pilates school, Pilates with Dr. Jane. I teach it all virtually online. I have a lot of focus on um, body, mental, and health, and I bring a lot of my cardiology medical background to it as well. So
0: perfect. And what about, you know, it it also seems like um, the grounding or the calming effect that it brings, and also, um, you know, the exercise pattern. You know, it just seems to, I always, you know, as a person with autoimmune condition, I always feel beneficial if I exercise. Right. And so is there any specific relevance? You know, have you had people with autoimmune conditions benefiting from doing Pilates?
1: So if they've had autoimmune conditions, no one has disclosed it to me. So I would just say that. Mm -hmm. What I will say, though, is all people with autoimmune conditions can benefit greatly From Pilates. There would be no difference in what you're doing with your body than someone without an autoimmune condition. Okay. And the ultimate benefit is the strengthening and conditioning of your body, which increases your health and and how you're managing really your health in your life. It, It is a part of living a healthy life and taking care of your body and your mind. And Pilates absolutely. Integrates into that.
0: Wonderful. And before we part ways in this conversation, I know your time is uh, precious. Uh, I just would also like to focus on any do's and don'ts for people that think, oh, I can just do this on my own. Is this a right way to go about it? Right. I would say not,
1: because you can easily injure yourself in Pilates. And I think form is important.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And, you know, as I said, uh, most teachers only have one or two certifications. Um, And I think it's very, very important to make sure you are somewhere with someone who, first of all, just like medicine, and maybe this is the way doctors think, but the very first thing is going to keep you safe. That's the number one thing. Mm -hmm. That's the same way we approach medicine and patients as well. The number one thing is to keep you safe before we even move forward with any intervention. And so I would say unless you have really, you know, a big background in it or maybe or or uh, a big background in ballet or yoga Mm -hmm. where you have some foundational principles of body movement and control. I absolutely would not say just start this on your own.
0: Okay. And are all your classes 30 minutes or are they longer? They're
1: all an hour long with the exception of my children's classes are 30 minutes. That's about all they can focus on. Oh,
0: oh, I'm sure, you know, that itself is a challenge. Um, And how many times in a week should one minimally do Pilates or is there like any, uh, you know, again, do's and don'ts with regard to that?
1: Yeah, I would say at least twice a week if you can. If you only get it in once, I think that's great. You know, once is better than none. But once you get started, if you can do it twice a week and keep up with at least twice a week, um, I think it's great. Two to four times a week is you know where I try to always be. Um, generally at a minimum, I'm at three because I teach three times a week. But I would say two is uh sort of a really good cadence to take it twice a week, have a couple of days spaced in between. Um and really get to know your body again and get to know your body in a different way.
0: Oh, wonderful conversation as always, Dr. Morgan. And I think I'm certainly going to be one of those newbies into your class uh, <laughs> you know, program because I'm just, you know, whatever we talk about here definitely has got me so interested in it and I definitely would love to try it and uh, we'll catch up again with you in the future and thanks so much for sharing your insights
1: yes and bring your daughter absolutely uh, and don't forget uh people can reach me on instagram at dr jane morgan it's pilates with dr jane pilates with dr jane and you'll see it there and you can have all my information okay
0: i'll make sure to include those in the show notes as well and thank you so much once again and listeners it was uh, a pleasure having dr morgan again on the show and i look forward to catching up with you all again in the future until then it's by saying so long